Welcome uh, to our audience to this webinar, Leadership in Tech, absolutely important topic to be discussed. And uh, let me just introduce myself. I'm Sharad Agarwal. I'm the CEO of Cybergear and the founder of OnlyWebinars.com. I want to begin by thanking All Stars Women for putting up this starcast of some amazing panelists. Um, Lela could not be here today because I believe she is flying to New York to present at the United Nations, but she will get a recording uh, from me soon. So thank you, Lela, for putting together uh, this panel. Uh, next on, I want to introduce uh, Susan Furness. Uh, most of you already know her from all the webinars that she hosts uh, for us. Uh, Susan is a one-woman industry. Uh, I can hardly, I mean, I don't have the vocabulary to explain to you the various hats that she wears, but she's a you know, corporate communication specialist. She adds voice and vocabulary to all our conversations. Uh, she also is an edge walker and I will leave it to her to explain what that means. And she will be moderating uh, our session today. And uh, some housekeeping notes for the audience. Please feel free to use the chat to tell us where you are checking in from. Um, which country you are uh, coming in from. We always like to have a global audience in our webinars. And I'm sure that you will find uh, quite a few takeaways from this uh, conversation. So uh, I'm going to hand it over to Susan to take the proceedings forward. Hey, Susan. Thank you, Sharad. And um, hello, everybody. Let me just see. Gosh, I've got to put these glasses on. You're 31 in the room. That's super. Let's keep it coming. Thank you all for joining us from all around the world. And um, how apt you should mention the many hats that not only I wear, but we all end up wearing because of that lovely graphic behind here uh, on, on screen, which, you know, really just shows two or even three hats going. And of course, in case we're missing one, I love that Nova always wears something that's very descriptive of the day. Thank you, Nova. Uh, and you mentioned edge walkers. That's interesting. So, yeah, let me give you a little definition of uh, who or what is an edge walker, because in fact, it, it does feel apt today. So if I might do that. So edge walkers is actually a Balkan of philosophy by Dr. Judy Neal. And here's the definition. An edge, an edge walker is an individual or an organization that knows how to take risk, build bridges and break new ground. So take risks, build bridges and break new ground. And I can see many of you nodding because indeed that feels like it's us, right? You know, really breaking uh, cutting edge uh, ground here. And I started to break some ground, I suppose, you know, at the tender age of 22, when I came, I swapped the River Thames for um, uh, Bahrain and its wonderful island setting and 10 years later came into Dubai and, and sat on the, the, the banks of the Dubai Creek and um, I'm still based in the UAE 40 years later although uh, one I did go for a three-year contract so it got me but what got me about it is the global nature so of course when you have an emerging market and as you will all appreciate four decades ago Arabia was an emerging market um, you have all eyes on that market, even if people don't understand what it's about. So those that come in to find out about the market are often those in leadership. They come in to find out what's happening. And you know what, Sherrod and everyone on screen, I'm seeing the same as well with Web3. I'm seeing that, you know, um, many leaders of many organizations are going, what's happening here? Sorry, that 
thing went. What's happening here? But you know what else I'm seeing? I'm seeing very much that it's living up to its um, inclusive economy and no more so than Leila Herstel's, um, I don't know, creation and collaboration platform, you know, All Stars Women, of which we are all on screen representing today. And so I, you know what I want to do, you know, you've all got voices and you can all speak for yourself so well. So I'm not going to do the old traditional uh, introducing you all. Um, I'm going to let you sort of introduce yourselves a little bit. So let's sort of make it snappy, um, panellists, um, you know, up to about a minute just to introduce yourself. I'll go round and pick you out and um, let's tell the audience why you're here to talk about leadership in tech and, and what you do to actually bring leadership in tech yourself. And while you do that, I'm going to turn this off. So um, Nova, Nova Lorraine, can I come over to you? Uh, the founder of many, many things, fashion, many things, business, and many things, Web3, uh, including in the publishing sector as well. So Nova, over to you. Yeah, well, I am here. I love how you mentioned taking risks and breaking new ground and building bridges. I see myself as all of those three. And I feel that education is a powerful tool to allow individuals, may, it be, may they be leaders or um, contributors um, or just enthusiasts to enter into this new paradigm, to enter into Web3. And I started my journey um, in academia, in medicine actually, pursuing my PhD in clinical psychology. Um, had a calling that I was going to help people through my love of fashion and creativity and launch my couture fashion label, which inspired the launch of Rain Magazine, a platform that covers the future of fashion, culture, and technology with the mission to inspire, educate, and empower creative entrepreneurs around the globe. And that expanded into a podcast network, a book, and now I'm all things Web3, blockchain, and crypto. So I act as a strategist in the space. I advise several DAOs and founders across Web3. And I'm here, like I said, to share the knowledge. Knowledge is power to act as a bridge, a gateway for those that want to be better leaders and or enter into Web3. Well, um, Daniela in the chat has said, you rock, Nova. And <laughs> so I'm gonna echo that, you rock, Nova. Um, thank you so much. Let's get more from you later. And of course, uh, Rain is R-A-I-N-E, which of course is that second part of that fabulous name, the Rain. Um, Kimberly, Kimberly King, can I come over to you? Wow, you know, somebody uh, that really has a great impact on me every time we speak, and I know a great impact on leaders uh, oh, in all segments and all sectors. Um, Kimberly, why, why, be, why are you here? What have mm -hmm. you got to share? Thank you for that lovely introduction, and I. Uh, I'll have to say, uh, both of you rock, and I know several of women, so get ready to rock today, folks. Um, uh, again, my name is Kimberly King. I am the CEO of Human Tech and Human Tech Labs. I have multiple titles. I won't uh, bother to share them all today, but I have been both a creator and entrepreneur since the age of 21. So it's the only life I really know. 
is walking those edges. I have been involved in uh, technology even before I understood that I was. My first company was solar and solar is a technology. But I also was an early pioneer in uh, forging the edges of, of web one and web two. So it's only fitting that I be part of the party for web three. Um, I, uh, amongst other things, worked with the UN Commission on Women for uh, almost 20 years. Um, I'm part of the International Women's Think Tank. I created a uh, incubator accelerator for female founders based in Sweden and the US. So what I want you to hear that this connection between women, leadership, technology, walking the edge and changing the world together, that's why I'm here, because that's what we're talking about today. Thanks. Thank you. Women, leadership, technology, the edge, and creating an impact. Um, here, here, here. And I could see some nods around the room as you were speaking. And on in the um, sort of next to me on the screen in the top left corner is you, Kalta. I'm going to come over to you, my dear. So. Um, it's so lovely to meet you. I've enjoyed a little bit of um, chatting to you on uh, that on uh, the LinkedIn, the LinkedIn um, chatting or messaging, which has been really good. Uh, and what I'm really intrigued in is because you bring sort of a bit of the legal, the legal foundation, the framework into this conversation of technology and leadership. Um, I mean. Tell us, I mean, as you're explaining about who you are, um, uh, should we be feeling we're going to be restricted by law or indeed is it going to free us up? And we'll drill down on that in today's conversation too. Kauta, over to you. Thank you, Susan. Uh, good morning or good afternoon for um, all the attendees and, and of course the speakers. Um, so as you mentioned, my name is Kauta Abdallah. I am based in Dubai since uh, 10 years now. I used to be in Switzerland and Geneva before. Um, indeed, I have a legal background. I'm a lawyer in fintech and uh, corporate law. Um, and recently, since 2021, July, I'm also an entrepreneur. I founded an edtech, so educational technology startup here in Dubai. Um, where we are uh, developing, uh, and we did develop uh, hard work uh, and VR environment for education, um, and also an Ediverse uh, for as a tool for for educators. Um, so Web three is definitely on the pipeline and ongoing here in Dubai with us. Um, so yeah, I'm a I'm an hybrid uh, lawyer during the day and entrepreneur at night. It's uh, quite difficult to balance, I have to admit. Um, but indeed, uh, the legal framework regulation and requirements are, are there. It really depends on which jurisdiction you're based on. We're very lucky here in Dubai to have a um, legislation and an ecosystem that allows you to test uh, and sandboxes your technology and to see and foresee consequences. Well, in Europe, it's much more restricted. Um, so I think for whoever is in Dubai or willing to, you know, uh, migrate to Dubai to consider that uh, 
an engineer for any technology that is extremely important for launching any startup, any project to always evaluate, you know, uh, your ecosystem in terms of regulation, in terms of economy, in the society. If the country, the city is ready for your technology and whether or not you're gonna be, you know, uh, spending or wasting your energy and time to develop something that the country or the city itself is not able to support. So for sure, the legal side of the question is extremely important. Um, but as I said, uh, technology is, is not the future. I believe it's the present now uh, and it's involving every single day, um, especially now with the, uh, excuse me. No, no, I heard a buzz on the screen. That's all, you keep going, you keep going. Technology um, is the present, how right you are and um, spending that time on energy in startup on things that can drain it, like law, like finance. Now bring in those that can help that conversation and focus right. on where your impact can be. That's what I heard you say. Is, mm -hmm. is, am I on track there, Carter? Because I think that was great advice. 100%, 100%. I think it's, it's, uh, it's great to you know, uh, evaluate the market. You wanna launch your project uh, to see whether the market is ready for you. Um, but again, you know, uh, in terms of metaverse or NFTs or crypto, even digital banking and so on, um, I don't think there is a market in particular that is ready for it 100%. It's involving every month um, with new uh, trials, regulation, um, central banks different authority are creating board of advisors from uh, you know advisors uh, professionals professors in order to you know have um, the best advisory they can you know be surrounded with in order indeed to create counter them. indeed counter just like you know of course the, the us in the room we're all there on the wings and i may i also um, really thank you for for bringing in this sort of straddle or splits that we could be doing where we're having to still dig deep into our career, in your case, law and practice in a law firm, whilst we're really wanting to reach out into vocation or, and if the vocation is web three, when and where do we lift our foot, for example, off of the career and move it straight into Web3. And I'm gonna put that question um, over to you, Camille, because I know that's sort of been something that's been happening in your world um, uh, this last year. Over to you. Thank you so much, Susan. I'm so grateful always to be in these conversations and uh, thankful to Layla, who is the founder of All-Star Woman and bringing us together in this room today and through this community. I think we've built so many um, bonds and, and cross connections through that. So um, we're very grateful to, to be here with GemXR and Aline together. Uh, so thank you. And um, on our side, so been creating a jewelry brand, uh, first NFT in Switzerland. So we've been trying to understand the space and how we can be leaders, uh, empower others to follow and I've been working in the luxury and watch jewelry and gemstone industry for the last decades as an entrepreneur, artist, um, consultant, 
And there's so much possibilities in this space to co-create, elevate, and really see what we can do with Web3 as, as leaders and especially for women empowerment as I'm a strong advocate of that. And I did my master's in management and marketing with a master's thesis on how AR and NFTs can enhance the consumer experience within the uh, retail and luxury industry. So um, putting all that to practice and um, from theory to uh, uh, live live experiences and uh, it's it's an honor to be uh, with all of you and, and learning by doing for sure in this space is so important. Um, and it's it's great to be able to have a social impact and, and being a leader in that space is really through that community and building bridges, empowering others, inspiring others to follow their dreams. And um, as Eleanor Roosevelt said, it's about the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. And as a dreamer, I try to achieve them step by step. Well, you help us achieve our dreams too. And indeed, you know, with GemXR, you, you, you were one of the first to give yourself or be awarded the title, you know, Chief Metaverse Officer, which of course now is becoming, you know, hopefully it will become a little bit of a, a, a common cause. I, I say common in the right sense of the word, you know, a common cause, a common, a common sense position in all organizations who are sensing the future in Web3 and Metaverse, even if their strategy is to play it light, right? So hold on to that light for now, right? So hold on to that. And I would like to go over to you, Sharon, um, you know, to bring us in a little bit of crypto talk and a little blockchain talk um, as the founder of the Crypto Media Group. So again, also, you know, in that publishing space of sharing conversations and information. Over to you, Sharon. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Uh, so I'm Sharon. I've been in the fintech blockchain crypto space uh, for almost 10 years. So I've seen a lot. Uh, I've experienced a lot. Um, and it's been amazing. Uh, a lot of a lot of changes, a lot of different shifts. Um, I think that where I see myself as a leadership and you know a leader in this space uh, is really pushing the boundaries, trying, testing, creating, um, and I've I've been very lucky that I've been able to experience what what I have um, glo globally um, across you know across the market, um, and then with the crypto media group. Um, the main thing for me is really mass adoption and and what does that mean right um how to help companies uh incorporate this technology or these products um and how to actually go to market um based off of their target audience or their jurisdiction um it's really important that beyond you know um bringing people into the space my focus is more on women um, and kind of helping them find their voice in the space um, helping them understand how to make that transition whether that's in web3 or whether it's crypto or you know with blockchain technology um, and that spans across several different industries um, you know it could be the beauty industry it could be real estate it could be healthcare um, so to kind of help them make that transition understand that you know, there's so many things that are new and changing, uh, and you just really need to take that that leap of faith. 
um, believe in yourself um, and not not be afraid, you know, take take that risk. That's really how I uh, uh, started and gained all of that experience. Um, so, yeah. Well, what I, what I hear there, and, and, and uh, thank you for sparking this in me, is that, you know, um, to have that leap of faith, it's always great to have um, some community around you and some not just like-hearted uh, individuals mm -hmm. and, and those that can share different spans of knowledge from legal right the way through to design, yeah. Yeah. But, but also to help us in community. And so if, you know, on that community, and of course in media, you're building community, we're all building community, but I'm gonna come over to you, Eve, because, um, you know, as the executive producer in the Look Club, um, I'm going, I don't usually like making assumptions, but I did have a look. <laughs> and, you know, of course, you know, club and community, it's so important, isn't it? And so in that, tell us about you. Sure. Um, I'm a writer and creator and author and professor. So um, the thing that drew me into this space from television, where I started in Hollywood writing for sitcoms was this idea that um, we could bring people into the story. And so I created the first 360 virtual reality sitcom uh, where you were one of the characters. Um, and that was sort of my entrance into the space. And then very quickly, I realized that as we had head into this web three world, we're gonna have experiences, right? It's not just stories, it's experiences. And we're living in a, in a three dimensional virtual space and we don't, didn't have language to discuss it. Um, and so that was sort of my next contribution was the taxonomy of experience, sometimes referred to as the taxonomy for immersive point of view. Um, in, in brief, you know, if I were to tell you to write a first person book, you would know what I meant. And if I saw a movie filmed in the third person, you would know what I meant. But there's more, there's just more options and possibilities in, in XR and in the metaverse. So that language speaks to that. Um, and then I'm really trying to take a lead in, uh, in both storytelling and, and building community around immersive narrative. So that's what the Look Club is. It's a searchable database of immersive narrative um, because for people to, for there to be an audience for this kind of content and experience, people need to know it exists. And so part of it is, is raising awareness and getting the conversation started. Um, and then uh, sort of building on that last year, I also put out a book to kind of, um, you know, 10 kick-ass careers for storytellers um, to introduce people to these sort of new opportunities to use skill sets that they already have. And, uh, you know, I intended it to kind of be a, a, an intro for people, who, you know, for young people who might be coming out of school, but it's also really valuable for people even working within our space who just aren't familiar with the other, uh, you know, the other areas, right? So maybe you're, well, you know, Eve, Eve, you, are, you are so right. And I'm just going to thank you for taking the time and the effort and the heart, the heart to to actually get material like that out, as I've thanked uh, Lorraine and others on the, uh, Nova and others on the screen now. And before I come over to you, Aline, and um, just for an introduction, before I do that, um, Kimberly, I mean, look, vocabulary, community, storytelling just give us a little bit around what what um eve has just said but we all we heard that from everyone in a different way didn't we mute uh, in, in kimberly is great yeah thank you uh well first of all i'm so excited to learn more eve uh, really <laughs> you had me at storytelling but uh i like the the whole idea behind your 
uh, uh, your repository and your search and the things that can be done. But I think that as we look at Web3 and the metaverse and all the, the pieces of the puzzle, we are all writing a new story right now. We're writing our own stories and we're writing a new story for the whole world. And that is not just a dramatic or poetic statement. That is a truth. And that's really why these conversations matter. We need to make sure we take it up a notch and really challenge ourselves and each other to be leaders in tech and, and period. But we are a living narrative. And now we can have ways to express that, to model forward even before we get there, to give our imagination form and uh, accelerate what's possible. This is a great time to be alive and a great responsibility coming with it. But I think at the heart of it are the vocabulary you said again, Susan, it is it is our personal identity and creativity. It is us as a community. And it is the, the greatest story yet to be told, I hope. Well, it's thank exciting. you very, very much. And I, I'm, I, I sort of had a feeling that you, <laughs> where you would go on that, Kimberly, but you went as always even further. Um, but I just feel that it's an interesting point before I come to you, Aline, is to, is to just reference um, a friend of mine from Melbourne, Australia called Bernadette Jiwa, um, who when asked, um, what's the definition of marketing? Said, um, it's a series of helpful conversations. It's a series of helpful conversations. And indeed, I like to stretch that. And thanks for nodding, Eve. You know, that, you know, isn't any conversation um, really just wonderful when it's helpful? And usually it is. And when it's in when it's generative and in series. So um, let's hold that and bless Bernadette, who's not in the room today. And Aline, I mean, you know, well, here we go. What what you've done for us and we're very, very grateful, is show the only, the multi-generations uh, entering into Web3 and being edge walkers, you know, doing something different. Um, because you've come in and, and Camille, for and those that don't know, Camille and Aline, uh, Aline are related and Aline is Camille's mum and they just build so many great stuff together. So, Alan, tell us about why you decided to co-found in the metaverse. Thank you, Suzanne and Shahad and also Leila for being here. And I'm very proud to be um, a member of ambassador of all Star Women. And I completely agree with you, Kimberly, that I believe that Web3 is the new tool of expression for oneself and everyone and a fantastic tool that's also about freedom freedom to express and um, be oneself. So I am. Um, I had a career for six years as a professional musician in the classical uh, music, uh, playing harpsichord, baroque music. I had a father and mother, because the mother was also a professional uh, piano teacher. And my father was aerospace engineer. So I've been always, um, passionate about technology, innovation, space. And in fact, um, 
with the art and music and technology since um, I was born. I was always uh, thinking how I could connect the two. While um, I had also, um, I was undergraduate with a scientific baccalaureate, and I've been also finally always um, a leader. I think naturally in my blood, um, I never had an agent, unfortunately I would say, but I've been organizing myself concerts, 200 recitals all over the planet, on, with on, uh, 30 um, countries, always with Kami. <laughs> coming since I was baby, so I was always there. And that's why we had this multicultural background. And finally, I also uh, created a foundation in Geneva for the art and craftsmanship, always uh, with a motivation to preserve both the patrimony, history, craftsmanship, and, um, and so the arts. And also I've been um, producing a film, a film documentary, which was broadcast on VDR. And finally, the idea was always to elevate, elevate with music, elevate with emotion. And finally, Web3 today, hello, a new tool. It's a new tool to continue to elevate. So using the technology to continue to express whatever, it can be with art or with law or whatever. And uh, I found that myself so fascinating. So with Kame, we created with craftsmanship, so with a passion for craftsmanship and beauty, we created uh, our family brand company, Camille Louis Jerry in Switzerland. And finally, last year, we started when we were looking ourselves, how can we enter into Metaverse with the Jerry brand? We found what we needed. And then we decided that this was a, a, a need and a lack that we could bring to, to, the, to the other brands. So finally, we created Jamixair. And with Jamixair is um, an agency a 360 Web3 agency with Metaverse as a service experience for luxury brands, creative and businesses. So we create virtual um, showroom uh, with immersive experience and telling the story, of course, with, and actually for me, uh, brings the sensitivity that I always had the chance to, to um, look after myself and, and transmit to the others. It's like, it's like for me, it's core. A brand is like a score of music that I have to feel and understand their pers uh, personal identity, her brand identity, and finally to bring it in a new score, which is a metaverse. And this is also kind of new game, a new party. And um, that's why I get up every, every day with new, this new motivation, new challenge. And it's, um, I have to readapt, of course. So Camille has, um, um, I'm happy that we can do that with um, this young generation and Gen Z to, um, that together we, we, we are a great team and to, to help the brands to, to go into the metaverse. This is so wonderful. And, you know, you started off with the, the word or you, you, you gave us the word elevate and, and elevation. And I also love to use the word amplify. And I don't know about everybody else in the room today. And we're now sort of uh, over 40 people um, that elevated me, uh, Aline. So merci beaucoup. Thank you so very much. Uh, and I'm going to flip over. Uh, you know, we had a bit of um, guidance mid conversation there from counter our legal representative, our legal voice in the room. And I'm going to go um, and sort of just complete this part of our conversation today, which is really getting to know each other and seeing what we can bring in. With, with you, Akina, 
um, you know, a sort of quite a seasoned board member. Uh, and now, you know, and again, as we said earlier, in Hong Kong, I don't know if everybody else heard that, well, that was before we came uh, on screen, but, you know, based in Hong Kong. So, Hakina, uh, tell us about you. But just before I do that, just for a little bit of screen management, I can see two of you on in the room. Are you on two devices? Uh, not me. I think Sharon needs to delete the other one. <laughs> ah, well, that would be you need to delete. I think you must be on two devices, yeah. but don't you worry about it now. Yeah, I thought it was the I... metaverse side of me coming out. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I was a bit too. <laughs> no worries. I just wanted to make sure we have the right people in the room just to, yeah. you know, just to be a good girl. But uh, Akina, it's so lovely to have you here. So tell us, you know, what's the board looking for and how do you help the board look for that? Over wow, my God. Um, so I have been doing uh, digital transformation for people in web one, going to web two. Well, if I tell you, I started with before the web one, you know how old I am. So I'll, I'll pretend that I didn't start it there. So um, it, it's, it's not an easy job. I like to tell people that if I can rename myself, my title would be public enemy number one. So because anything that I touch or anytime I go to a business unit or a CEO, they actually are freaked out because they're like, shit, what is this girl trying to tell me to change now? Right. And I have been, you know, through my years of being helpful and changing people's minds and introducing new technology that will grow the business, change the business, pivot the business and make them relevant. I've been threatened. I have been yelled at. I have been, um, you know, like treated as if I am, you know, like there to kill them. So I term that if you're doing change management or transformation, it's a civil war, right? Regardless, you were within the country you want to change or a company, a division or a team, the people you're trying to change or make them pivot are your own team members. Right. So the war you're fighting with is internal and you have to understand that you cannot share your strategy, how you want them to change, you know, because they will stop you to think a thousand reasons why they should never use e-commerce to sell products that they sell offline. Or they would never want to use DocuSign to sign paper that, you know, that they want to float around in the city, you know, for two weeks to get all the executives to initial on the memo that they read it. I know you guys might like, what? You know, it happens still today, right? Email doesn't count. The, the, the read confirmation doesn't count. But it, and, it, and it's, it's about how do you change the mindset? It takes a lot of patience, resilience, and also read between the lines, right? Like I always um, lecture, there's this theory that I set up. It's called the one-third, one-third, one-third theory. Basically, it says that whatever you do, uh, building new technology or try and change your company or, or, or an idea, sell an idea. One third wants to change or wants to adopt it. One third will sit on the fence. They were like, don't touch me. I'm fine. Leave me alone. One third will never change for the life of them. But you start working with one third only. Don't do any project to touch anybody else. And that has always been my mindset. You start small, POC, do it right. Show the benefits and let these people sing the success of that project. And the people on the fence will go, wow, it works. They start tipping over and they come and ask you for help. Some would do it in secret. Some would, you know, be proud of it and come out and ask you to help. In time, you have two third of your audience with you. The other one third, if they don't, you can either 
retire them, reskill them, or fire them, you know, however you wanted to do it. But in time, the ship will move it, move towards the direction you want. And being an Asian woman, I'm very petite, right? I know you can't tell from Zoom, right? I've faced a lot of challenges. So to me, how do you get your idea across? You know, like all these wonderful ladies here, they're all doing something great, different and new. How do you get people to buy in to, to not say that, you know, that was a stupid idea. I don't get it. You don't make sense. You know, you're just trying to rip me off. I mean, these things comes across, right? And how do you let them give you a chance to let me be- Let me better, Kina, that, you know, you know three, one year, two years, three years, four years later, when that becomes reality, they, they right. like to forget that you were the one that brought yes. it into the room. Yeah, totally and right. And it's okay with me. I'm yeah. okay. And I realize when you do what That's we do. Okay. Do you know what I'm yeah. going to invite you to do as well is I, so funny that I came started with the Edge Walker book. I mean, go back and have a look at that Edge Walker book and, and just and, and have a look at how that fits into your one third, one third, one third. And okay. if you've got a minute while we're speaking, could you write some of that into the chat? Could you just name the one third, one third, one third? And those steps that you said, and particularly I liked the POC, you know, give mm. them a proof of concept, yep. you know, with some benchmarks, which really goes way back to what Aline was saying about building uh, visible equity. Um, you know, how do you make what the potential equity could be visible when you're in a stage of um, it, it's not even here yet? So could you put that in chat? That would be most sure. wonderful. And, and um, Kimberly, I'm going to come, I'm going to start going around the room and I'm going to start using our sort of guidance cues. And, and so Kimberly, I'm going to sort of ask you to just merge a bit here, listening, you know, to what Akina and Aline just said, you know, I think it's time to merge definitions, although we were going to move with you about the definition of leadership now and how it's moved um, or if it's moved at all. Kimberly, can you, Talk to us about the definition of leadership, but also bring in tech. Let's just go for it. Kimberly, mute again. Well, I'm in a lot of rooms where the definition of leadership is being discussed. And uh, traditionally, especially early in my career, it was really uh, revolved around titles, and business responsibilities and the role that you played or that you were a charismatic, you know, dynamic person or a type A, that that was supposed to be a leader. I can tell you that while they often converge in my definition, I'll start with my own. I believe a leader is a servant and leadership is the way they're doing it that a great leader has the heart of their, they have a vision for what's possible and they're willing to step forward even before it's proven and to inspire others to step forward too. Now you can do that from the back of the room or the front of the room. You do that by your own inner posture and stepping forward in faith towards something greater than you and making the space and the inspiration for others to step forward to something greater than them or the greater them step forward. I think all the leaders that I admire 
and try to pattern my life after. It's not their personality type that inspires me or humbles me. It is their commitment and courage and inclusivity and that they dare back to the edge. And they don't just go for themselves and they don't just go alone, but they're willing to step in alone if necessary. You require that. But um, so I'll just say that those are my philosophies about it. And I have millions of quotes that I surround myself to remember. Now in technology, those qualities to me are the same. They're often not converged. Now we start talking about proficiency of skills Proficiency of skills and what domain you're in uh, matters in that that's your arena. But we've got tools in our hands that can change the world for better or for worse. I think technology ups the ante on the responsibility and the possibility of leadership because it's such an accelerator and that I can send my influence and impact around the world in a nanosecond. You need to know what kind of impact you intend to make with that, what kind of leader you intend to be with that, <clears throat> and what kind of influence you're making with those around you. And as far as women in leadership, we've always been influencers, but we haven't always been acknowledged as that. Um, not by the world at large. And we're still moving the needle on that. It's not automatic, but this new era of creativity, if we'll take our courage and our leadership and our vision and step forward, nobody's stopping us but us. And I just want to remind us of that. And they can't stop us from our visibility because they don't own it. It's up to us now to amplify, but amplify not just our personality, but amplify our good. Then we'll be the leaders. We are and should be. Thank you so much, Kimberly. I mean, how, how, how skillfully you really um, showed your prowess of, of catching, you know, what had been said earlier, but then turning it into, you know, something actually quite profound. And, and again, you know, um, if we had the time, we could write at least seven points in the chat from what you just said to help our room. So I hope you're all making notes out there. But of course, this is recorded. So you will be able to grab later and get some notes. Um, but, you know, uh, Nova, um, I'm coming over to you now, um, but also sort of uh, suggesting that you wrap this leadership in tech around to what's emerging. And, and, you know, a lot of the words I heard from Aline, from Kimberly and Akina were all about elevation, were about acceleration, even, you know, that phrase upping hyphen, the hyphen, <laughs> the ante. Um, so Nova, um, you know, what is emerging in leadership and tech? And indeed, is it affecting the definition of leadership and tech? Nova. This is Aline, free to connect with me. Um, in terms of what I feel is emerging, I mean, we are currently in this new emerging space, right? So everything that we're doing and embarking on and I'm meeting new founders every day that is pushing the fold in how they're using blockchain technology, X, AR, VR, AI, 
and some things that stand out to me around emerging technologies, which also um, I bring up ethical questions as well and, and how we intentionally create safe environments and fair environments, but it's using AI to create new models, new influencers, um, avatars that look and sound like humans. It's using robots to create music. It's using AI to create art. And, you know, we've seen the holograms, we've seen these other really cool uses, you know, within films such as Marvel and DC with volumetric photography and 3D modeling and all of those things. But when you start replacing what you, or what I felt was irreplaceable, such as art, such as human uh, entertainers and creatives, you know, what's next? And I think that brings up a lot of questions. And as exciting as the emerging technologies are, I believe balance is key. And for those that are creating, I think what comes with leadership is responsibility. I love how Kimberly had mentioned visionaries that are called for service, right? And I, that's just beautiful. If you feel that your purpose here on this planet in this lifetime is to serve and you are a visionary, if you can see things in your mind before they come to life, you know, as Akina is guiding her founders on what to do and, and the resistance of two thirds of those individuals. Well, everyone isn't a visionary. Everyone cannot see before it's brought to life in 3D. And so with this is responsibility. And for those of us that are able to see ahead, that are able to engage with those founders and creators that are, that are developing emerging technologies that can be, you know, again, with a tool, you know, these technologies are tool, hammers can break or they can build, right? And so it's up to us as leaders to see these hammers and, and be able to create a narrative, to create intention and create purpose so the hammer doesn't break things. And we've seen so many wonderful technologies get turned to a, a use and a purpose that is not for pushing humanity forward. So I think the narrative has to be um, simultaneous. You know, we have to be intentional. We have to say, yes, these tools are exciting. These, you know, these innovations are thrilling, but at the same time, we have to put human first. We have to put humanity first. And I think as leaders, we have to be responsible for taking those courageous steps to have those conversations as well. Thank you so much, Nova. Gosh, how deep and uh, yet how on the surface that was. Um, thank you very, very much. And I know it speaks to a lot of, a lot of us in the room who really do work um, in that, in that sort of, um, I don't know, connecting the heart space, you know, really appreciating that this is for humanity as a whole. And as Akina uh, mentioned earlier, that sort of in that sort of more sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, heavy boardroom space, uh, enabling others to listen to the words not spoken. I thought that was beautifully said Akina earlier. Um, Aline, I mean, may I come over to you and can we sort of um, talk about um, what actually motivates and influences the leader um, who is now leading in tech? Because if we are all humans, which indeed I think we are uh, in the room today, you know, um, you know what, what motivates and influences us, Aline? Over to you. Thank you for the question, Suzanne. Well, I'm mainly motivated 
by the constant innovation, which is um, surprising and uh, also very brilliant. So it's quite impressive to see how the brain can uh, create always new technology and we have always to be updated what go what's going on. And finally, so the hardware companies will lead the way to the development of a high definition quality metaverse experience. So as quoted by Alan Kay, people who are really serious about software should make their own hardware. Well, I mean, powerful. Okay, Kimberly, I found that powerful. I saw your face. Tell us what you heard in that. Uh, mute, please, Kimberly. I forgot about that quote. And actually, I'm going to let that marinate a little bit, what you just said, <laughs> uh, because that's provocative. It actually challenges me because I don't, I don't want what that first invoked in my mind, but I want to sit with what is that asking of me? So I like that we're not here just to answer questions. We're here to provoke inquiry that leaves us thinking. And you just did that. Thanks. Well, thank you so much. I mean, let me just add a little something there. I mean, we've, we've all, I think, um, heard the BC, the before Corona um, sort of, I don't know, title, adage, phrase, description of thought leader. Uh, and I've often played with that. I thought, well, how can I lead somebody else's thought if indeed anybody was going to call me a thought leader in the first place? Wouldn't I be provoking someone else, someone else's thought? Wouldn't I be nudging someone else's thought? So Aline and, and Kimberly, I'm in the room, let me just put in there, you know, moving that thought leadership into the leadership role of, of nudging and provoking thought. And then leading, as you said earlier, I think Kimberly, guiding the team into the vision and so that they can act as a team, as a collaborative. Um, I remember another Australian uh, colleague of mine, Ian Berry, would, would go for that description of leadership that a leader is to create uh, people that are gonna be leaders or that feel good about leading. Whereas a manager is there to help us all get it done. Yeah? So, and I wonder Sharon, uh, you know, what you have to say about what you've heard, but also bringing that into the inclusive space, into diversity and inclusion and looking at how we can actually create a much more uh, inclusive and um, less aggressive environment that Akina has shared earlier, um, particularly for women, but as we are there to serve and build community with all for both the masculine and feminine, the male and female and, and, uh, and others in the room. Sharon, over to you, please. So this is something that I, you know, I talk about a lot, but I think that this is the mistake, sorry? No, keep going. I no, don't you guys can hear me. I think that this is the mistake that, you know, maybe it's just human nature to kind of do this, but I think this is a mistake that both men and, and women as well sometimes do is that, and I'm kind of over this to be honest, so I, I'm just going to let it, let it all out, but s stop uh, uh, putting out to the universe or to the world what you are not or what we are lacking. You know, start putting out there 
what we are, because we are. Uh, there are plenty amazing women in the space, in tech, in blockchain, in crypto, in Web3. And to keep reminding yourself and saying, you know, we don't have enough equality or there's not enough women or, or we're only seeing this and we're only seeing that. We need to put an end to that. We just need to present what is, not what is not. You know, even, you know, I get invited to speak at a, at, at a lot of panels and sometimes they want to do like just a women in blockchain or just a women in tech. Why? Like, why can't we just, you don't say, oh, this is just a men's panel, right? So everything kind of needs to change in our, in our thought process. And that's a, a part of a lot of the work that I do um, is kind of really saying, why are you telling yourself that you cannot be in the space? Or why are you telling yourself that, you know, you won't get this job because there is such and such inequality? I feel like in this space specifically, whether it's in tech, whether it's in crypto, anything blockchain related, anything Web3, if you, you know, are willing to put in the work and if you really take the time um, and invest in, you know, in your career or in what you want to do, you will get hired 100% you will get a very high paying job. You know, you just, you just need to switch that, that mindset. And I think that, you know, unfortunately I see this, I see this happen all, all the time. And so that's kind of my, my view on this. And me personally, I, I haven't had any negative um, experiences. Um, I guess, um, I don't know if I'm just lucky or, you know, maybe, maybe again, it's like putting that out there, putting that, that energy, that mentality out there um, that, yeah, I am, I am worth it. I am no different. I don't look at, at, at my, my gender as something that is, that is, you know, debilitating or, or limiting. And actually I find that in the space and in the work that I do, that being a woman has helped me even more. Um, people are actually trying to be, diverse in the space. And I think that a lot of the men, you know, have kind of started realizing that we, you know, we are, you know, a little bit stronger, we are more efficient in the way we do things. And we really are here to work and, and make a change and, and to empower ourselves and empower others. Um, and so that's, that's just my uh, two cents on that. Well, thank you, Sharon. And I'm going to actually bring that question over to you as well, Eve. So please get ready. You know, um, so, you know, I'm take this now from the leadership view. How can we make uh, the environment more inclusive? And, and one like Sharon has, has always found her journey to be uh, positive, a, a positive one, an inclusive one. Is there a way we can ensure that at all times? And I, I will just add in there, I mean, if we just take the light and dark analogy, um, uh, the polarity of light and dark, and you know, if we hadn't experienced dark, we wouldn't be able to describe light, would we? Question mark. So I just leave it with you. So again, you know, the importance of feeling everything in the room, if you like, or everything in the world really goes back to Akina. Uh, and, you know, and Akina used some quite 
um, dark words in her description, which I, you know, as a wordsmith, I found really interesting because, you know, again, working with the board to bring the vocabulary from the dark to the light, but, you know, it just gives a different felt shift of energy. So, so Eve, I'm bringing this into you, you know, really just to give us a little bit more flesh, if you can, around what we can do, what company leaders can do to create a more exclusive um, environment. And then, you know, and, and then while you're doing that, maybe go into the advantages of working remotely or working online. Over to you, Eve, and then I'll come to you, Camille. No small question. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, no, it's uh, so important to create an inclusive environment. And I think there are a lot of opportunities in this space to do so, I mean, the first one, which is something that I'm really working on is, is education, is just making sure that more people are aware of the space and not intimidated by or afraid of it um, so that we can get all voices participating in the space. I think that can be the biggest hurdle because these ideas can be intimidating. And, you know, as someone, as you smartly mentioned earlier, not everyone's a visionary. And so, so finding ways to clearly articulate our collective vision for the future and how how other people can participate. Um, this is this is sort of related and a little off to the side, but it connects with something Nova said earlier that I really loved is this idea that even though we have AI developing, it's so important to keep that that human uh, you know element in the metaverse. Um, and so one of the initiatives I'm working on is Metaverse Talent Group, uh, which is exactly about that. And so just because we can have avatars and AI in the metaverse, it doesn't mean we want <laughs> everything to be run by them. And I think there's something to that human touch. And, and when you spoke earlier to that idea that how would we know dark if we didn't know light, I think we can broaden that to this idea of, um, you know, we need, we need to experience all different sorts of people and, and a contrast of personalities. And uh, I think one of the fears with AI is it's, it's just at first going to reflect those that are programming it. And so one of the ways that from the beginning we can start to get different voices and personalities into the metaverse is, is through casting real people because companies are going to need that, right? They need a host in their virtual space. They need someone to greet people, to interact people with people, to lead experiences. Um, and it's a specialized skill set. So I have a, a pool of talent that is experienced in that. Um, and, a, and a diverse pool to bring all those different voices and personalities um, and uh, experiences into the metaverse. Thank you. Well, for something that looked so wide, you narrowed it in quite beautifully. And, and indeed, you know, casting. I think, Sherrod, that's a topic we could talk about in a whole sem seminar, a whole webinar. You know, it's just how we take the script or the business plan, call it the film script, and cast the actors, knowing that if we're building community, like we've all said we are, you know, there is no num stop on the number of, of uh, community players or actors or cast is there. And I'm using actor in the real sense now that we're acting real uh, in real time. And I loved your nudge, Sharon, that we mustn't forget about having the real touch in, in the metaverse. Um, I could see a couple of hands up, but I was going over to Camille, if I might, 
uh, Nova, I'll come to you and then Kalfa, we're coming to you and we're sort of coming to a, a close as well soon. So um, where, where's Camille gone on my screen? Oh, there you are. So Camille, I mean, you had your hand up, so do by all means uh, pull into whatever you wanted to say there. But I also wanted to talk about decision-making in this environment. Over to you. Thank you, Susan. Um, I just wanted to touch point on what you were saying about the fellows, philosophy of light and our purpose here. I think that's what we've been speaking about today and what, what is our purpose and what do we serve to follow that purpose in life? Um, and I think that's the question maybe some of us or at least myself always asking, is that really the purpose and what I'm going through? And um, you were speaking about light and darkness and um, there's a beautiful philosophy that my professor, Dr. Eric Chen taught me during my master's is that um, you can be the light of dawn aiming to be the light in the life of someone else or someone around you. And that light is, is, is the hope that can break through the darkness. And that sentence, I think, always gives me goosebumps. Um, it stays with me because it applies in, in everything in your daily life or in your work. Uh, and uh, when you're with your question about decision making, and I think, and that's what my mom always taught me, you do have the choice always uh, to do. I mean, there are some exceptional circumstances, of course, um, but you do have the choice of yeah, dark or light in your daily life. And I think that if you can share that light um, through the others, through leadership and helping them decide to go towards the light and um, towards elevation, um, that's, that's something that I would say is a successful leader because you do have that social impact. Um, and these are values that I wish to, to transmit and that my mother has transmitted to me. So that's what I wanted to touch upon. On things. So glad you brought in values. So, so, so in all of that sort of quite complex, but you know, you know, if we, if we, at the end of the day, very simple environment where we're just being human, hey? How, how do we make decisions? You know, is there any, any tips and anything we should do differently making decisions as leaders in this tech space, Camille? And then I'm right over to you, Nova, then I'm over to you, um, Kalta, and then Akina, we're ending up with you, although I can't see Akina in the room at the minute. Over <laughs> to you. Yeah. Camille. Is, is it staying with you, Camille? Oh, I thought it was. Yeah, so I'm staying with you just to give us a little bit about decision making in this space. I think that decision making is, um, as, a, as a leader, is about leading your community or your team as a manager um, to achieve those goals and applying the values that you have in either your company or the company you're working at. And these decisions have an impact either on yourself, on your team, and on your family that goes around it. So it's important to always weigh in the pros and the cons and not always to, to stay true to your values again, if I repeat myself, because that's the, you'll always be, it's always, um, you know, that you can always ask the questions and you can always get a no, and that's the worst case scenario. And I think if you are able to apply that to every decision that you take, at least you're being true to yourself and you've done your maximum, if that is the position and the way to go through. So I think that that is truly important in terms of decision-making and, and as a leader, because it does have an impact um, on, on the effects and the actions that you take. Oh, wonderful. So there I'm hearing a bit of dark and light. I'm hearing the power of the yes and the power of the no. 
and that, the, that they both have room on the dance floor and that one might need to really you know, go into both uh, research and facts and figures, but also intuition to know whether it's a no or whether it's a yes. And Nova, your hand has dropped down, but I have a feeling you can still come in and give us something before I go to Kalta and Kina. Over to you. Yes, thank you so much. I, I want to just piggyback on the decision making. I feel that as leaders, when we start creating something, we're creating from that place of passion and purpose and we move into a space of execution and things can change. And we come to these forks in the road when we have to make decisions. And I feel like we have to always check in to our why. Why are we doing this? Why do we decide to begin this? And, and personally, why? Of course, we're here to serve, but we also have to make sure that whatever we're doing along, this, along the way, that is fulfilling our inner well. Because once we run low on that inspiration and on that creativity, and we get lost in terms of our why, then decisions are made out of fear, not out of that higher frequency of love. So I think it's using that as a guiding post. What is your why? And asking yourself that question. Well, why the metaverse versus not the metaverse? Why this project versus this? Why luxury versus non-luxury? And these, these decisions that I'm making, is it at the same time filling my well? You know, am I getting full from it? I, it can't be one-sided or we'll get burnt out. And so I think that's something to um, keep in mind. And then also in terms of decision-making, again, are we building this for profit? Are we building this for humanity? You know, again, that ties back to the why and that's going to also guide you because a lot of decisions are made out of fear. So that's just something I want to bring up. But I was really excited about some of the points that Sharon was making. And we mentioned earlier, Kimberly started off the conversation defining leadership, and she included vision and visionaries. And when you're a visionary, again, you're seeing it before it's in physical form. And when we talk about emerging technologies, one thing that's not spoken about um, within this space is quantum mechanics. And quantum mechanics is real and it's profound. And if we add that emerging technology on top of everything we do, then all that we think of can be imagined, which also comes back to responsibility. So if we, yes, I was just reading the facts yesterday, 91.7% of programmers or developers are white men, right? So we can go around complaining, oh, da, 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 but all we're doing is giving our energy to lack. So to Sharon's point, let's call out, let's speak out, let's make affirmations, let's have conversations around the, um, what we want to see in our realities. We want to see women, we want to see balance, we want to see equity, we want to see abundant ideas, right? We want to see human first, human centered solutions. And so by understanding emerging technologies such as quantum mechanics and what we're calling out and speaking about as relates to pointing, bringing our attention to, if we look at the double slit experiments, what we give our attention to is what becomes. So we have the responsibility to choose what we give our attentions to. And love the fact of storytelling, you know, uh, my fellow storyteller here, Eve, storytelling is a way where we can adopt these technologies, bring in the masses in a way, I hate masses, you know, mass adoption in a way where they can understand these principles that we're talking about today, contrast, value, humanity, purpose, service, all of these things. We can use storytelling as a powerful tool to bring what we want to see in the future forward. And that's what I wanted to share. That's so key. I mean, I'm just going to jump in and, and say one of the things I really appreciate it, and that I'm pushing for is awareness about the kinds of content we're making, right? Because it's like we see all these dystopian 
films or TV shows about VR and the metaverse and how it can all go wrong. And it's like, well, we don't want to put our attention on that. We want to put our attention on all the amazing things and how it can make our world better. And so let's create that kind of content. There can still be drama and heartbreak and suspense, <laughs> you know, but the kind of shows us the world we want to live in and how technology is helping us and, and put our energy toward that, just like Nova said. Well, I don't know. Thank you for jump, jumping in there. And thank you, Nova and Camille and everything before. I mean, I don't know about you, but Camille, you mentioned goosebumps. But, you know, I got goosebumps uh, numerous times as you were speaking. And um, another little name for goosebumps, I like to call them truth bumps. So I think there was so much truth in what was being said there. And thank you so much. And, and so, look, let's get some real truth. And we are... We're, cut, we're doing 75 minutes today, not 90, because I believe some of you have to leave. So we're coming to the, 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 fast, the fast part, of the, the, the last part of the runway. So Akina and Kalta, can we bring it back to some, you know, real serious talk here, you know, uh, sort of bridging from law, bridging to the board and sort of sort of saying, you know, like, hey, you know, it's still challenging times, isn't it? even yes, though yes. we've got this emerging market, maybe the biggest market that any of us will ever have the pleasure of working in, right? But it's still challenging times. And we're still DC, aren't we, during Corona? We're not really AC yet. Now we've left BC behind, but we're really not quite through this curious time. Yeah, that's, so let me, you take it first and Kalta, we're going to end up with you. So let's get some reality of how we manage in crisis, how we talk to board, how we talk to our people. What, what, do, what do leaders in tech do at, at well, times? I like? mean, for those who are lucky, the board and the executive man management has already talked about what we're going to become, who we're going to be when COVID continues for the next two to three years. Because international travel is not going to open up until maybe end of next year, we're lucky. What it was going to be, and it takes time to, to ramp up. But I think 90% of the board or executive management in established company uh, do not think that way. Let's remind yeah. the audience that, of course, you're talking from Hong Kong and China, which yes. is yeah, virtually, virtually yes. closed down because a lot of other markets yes. are now quite fluid. But let's just yes. remind the audience. But that. don't forget that That's China true. and Hong Kong are together and Macau yeah. is a big, big part of the, the world. Right. So you're having at least one third of the world close out to you. And one of the most, you know, like biggest GDP in the world, too. Right. It, it, it's still a missing part. You can't really travel freely, even if now you can go to Europe and stuff. I doubt it's the same as it was before BC, where you can travel and go out every day like you want to, like it's fun. You will consider the health, you know, the, the logistic issues and things like that. What happens if COVID hits? So that's still part of it. But from a business perspective, I, I still see not a lot of company pivoting, thinking out of box that, hey, some, like you have to understand statistically, there's at least 60% of the company in the world that are established conglomerates or companies still stuck in web one. They are not on e-commerce. They're not doing social media. They're not even in doing web two yet. So now you're telling them that there's a web three coming up. It's like telling them you speak French and Italian and stuff and they speak totally English, right? It's a different language. They don't understand. They, they, they think you're crazy. When I told them three years ago, I want to build a 3D social media platform for membership. They thought I was crazy. I said, what are you talking about 3D? I said, well, Facebook and IG is 2D. 
But that time, metaverse is not a known word at all. No, I, I didn't even know the word metaverse until meta became meta, right? And it became a that big thing, right? And I mean, for me, I, I love the idea that when you're talking to board, you have to understand they do not speak the same language as you. They do not, right? And then and you look at the age or, or, or the uh, on the board, mainly of them are men and they're in the 60s, 70, right? If you're lucky, they're in the 50s, right? And they might not live in the same space. So the decision-making of what you tell them, how you go, uh, it depends how strong you feel is this company savable or not. I, it, it's the truth. If the board, if the whole company is not moving with you, there's nothing you can do as a single person. So or give me, Akina, give me one of your three things because you're so good at this. What are three things that we can do to make right. important decisions in this curious time when we may have um, key board influencers who could be blocking way? Are there just three things we could do? Yes. Number one, go with your heart. Do the, what you think they need to see or do, you just do it. Number two, if you can't do it without asking for any permission, do it. You rather ask for forgiveness, right? When you're doing something totally new that no one knows about, you got to show them what it is. And number three, be brave. Take responsibility for your action. That shows how committed you are in the ideas that you want to implement. So, you know, these are the three things. And then I love it way, the way you say it, Susan. How some break it down, make it simple, and that's it. And Thank then sometimes, you so much. and you, you have such it? a skill of doing that. So <laughs> I'm going to honor you, and the room were nodding their heads. So thank you so much. You're Forgive welcome. me for bouncing it to your colleague, Kalta, uh, in the room, because I'm just doing it because of that wonderful um, currency of time, and the time is almost spent. So Kalta, can I come over to you? You, you, you have the room for a minute. Summarize what you'd like and just help us about decision-making in these curious times. I have to admit that there's a lot of uh, inspiring thing um, that I'm hearing for, for, for quite, a, quite a, uh, some times now. And, and, it, and, it, and it is true that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm totally aligned with, with Sharon and Nova. It's, um, it is definitely about what we want to see as human beings and not at all what technology wants um, by itself, uh, you know, show or demonstrate. What I think from my end and what I've seen um, from, you know, uh, the past two years as an entrepreneur is that a lot of people are and a lot of women are scared. This vocabulary of tech is scaring a lot of people. Um, you know, they hear about fintech. They hear about they hear about payment uh, uh, gateway, uh, licensing with central bank, uh, all this tech and developing and different languages and so on. And people get extremely, um, you know, scared because they think they do not have the knowledge, and that that knowledge is uh, extremely hard to 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 access and to understand. Um, I think it's important for whoever is already in the sector to um, try to sharpen or, or, or remove this, um, you know, image of, of tech that might, some people might have and to communicate in a very simple way that it is a field uh, with its pros and cons and the knowledge and 
the understanding is accessible to everyone and it's not a, a, a um, problematic of generation or age or, or, or country or mentality. It's just about getting the right knowledge at the right place. Um, that's for sure 100% uh, what I think, but also to not, you know, fall into the half knowledge side also. Um, I can see here, especially in Dubai, um, the ecosystem of, of, of startups is, is huge. You know, you have every month a new startup that, you know, uh, implement itself in Dubai and trying to launch their project. And usually those people are extremely young. They're in their 20s. And, you know, discussing with them, doing some brainstorming sessions sometimes in an in incubator and in accelerator. And I can see that some of them are, you know, got their skills or, or, or understanding from all this tutorial and YouTube and social media. While, as Nova said, it is extremely important to get back to the fundamentals and that to understand that whether it's technology, it's 3D, it's VR, it's metaverse, is whatever you can imagine on earth or in the universe, fundamentals are applicable at all levels. Um, so for me, that's it extremely important to never fall into this half knowledge and to, um, you know, keep going because at the end, it could definitely be extremely dangerous. Uh, in terms of technology, what I think first, um, it's, it's important to create a safe space, right? A lot of issuing, which is on social media, which is on technology with kids, with young adults happen because of safety safety and the understanding of the technology of its usage, but also in its regulation. So for me, education and safety are a key and extremely important point to not forget in order you know, to build or to enhance user's experience, because at the end of time, we are not replacing uh, the planet. We're not changing the human being. We're just enhancing user's experience towards technology, with different tools uh, or to um, facilitate their work, their communication and so on. Um, coming back to your question, Suzanne, um, I believe from, of course, uh, what I've seen so far during COVID crisis that 100% uh, a lot of uh, company need still to accelerate their digital transformation. Um, and I, I don't think it's, it's, it's you know, it, it is a must for sure for them to, to accelerate this process because as we said, uh, technology is not the future, it is the present. So for any company to be sustainable, to keep on, you know, generating great income, but also to be up to date in terms of, you know, regulation, in terms of the market and what your customers want and users want, they need to, you know, have this uh, digital transformation. Digital transformation, I believe, is not only for your customer, it's also for your employees. And I believe as a leader of a startup, of a company, and not a manager as it was described, you need to create this uh, work environment for your employees to feel valuable, to feel uh, trustworthy, to be motivated to work. And I think the COVID crisis showed how um, although it was, I mean, for a lot of young uh, people, it was most probably the first, you know, catastrophe of their life. They're, they're living it. It's here. Um, and 
although this crisis happened, lockdown, a lot of death and so on, it still shows that communication, collaboration, uh, positive uh, energy, uh, to be brave, as Akina said, were skills that helped companies, but also economy to sustain and go through the crisis. So for sure, um, for me, the, during this challenging time for board, for management, for um, you know, uh, managers of companies or uh, founders of startups, to create a safe space, to make sure that the right knowledge and the right tools are accessible for, uh, for yourself, but also for your employees are, um, you know, available, but also to have this communication and uh, to define priority, to uh, connect with your team and to keep motivating your employees would definitely be, I believe, behaviors that management or a big company or firm needs definitely to adopt. Uh, very, very powerful. I mean, the whole nine yards there. Thank you very, very much. But I'm actually going to, uh, I haven't even written it down yet, but I'm going to take your last bits there about um, creating that safe space and talking to your team and bringing it right way back into um, collaboration, into edge walking and into heartistry. And that's to talk in before you talk out. That's talking into yourself and into your team or your family before you open up and go out into the marketplace. So thank you very, very much for that reminder. And Sharad, we've come to a close. I'm just gonna summarize four areas because I know we're a bit over time, so I can't whip around the room and get everyone's input. But you know, number one, I got three Vs, vision, values, and vocabulary. I think they all matter. And you can get value from all, values from vision, values from values and values from vocabulary. And from that vision to really, really stay core to your purpose. We're hearing this a lot lately. I like to also call that your reason, but Simon Sinek calls it the just cause. Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, yes, the just like cause. That. Yeah. And then go into the reality of our reality and that's mixed realities. And including in that, that we are human. <laughs> We're human in this, you know, MX space. And then I love that bit about, I think it was Akina, of course, about, you know, ask for forgiveness, not permission. So uh, Aline, you know, be brave. Uh, be courageous. And indeed, the French word for, for heart is cour, I think, C-O-U-E-U-R. Courage, courage, cour, it hasn't got the E in it. It's the heart age, isn't it? So on that note, let's move it over to Sharad to close. And I thank you all very, very much. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I love being a fly on the wall. What an amazing conversation. So many takeaways. So thank you, um, this amazing panel. I'm clearly outnumbered, but I'm 100% with you on everything that you said. And uh, yeah, my panelists, uh, we love you uh, for this conversation. Susan, you just keep getting better. I don't know how you're able to do that every time, but uh, we are announcing a lot of more webinars in June. So I look forward to seeing all of you once again and our lovely audience. Thank you for investing in your 75 minutes with us. And we'll see you on the other side. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye, That's everybody. Big, yeah. Thank you. Bye. God bless. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you.
Thank you.